Welcome to the Living a Nordic Life podcast, where we explore a simpler, cozier and more intentional life the Nordic way. I'm Fiona McKinna, your Nordic Living Guide and founder of Living a Nordic Life, where I share all things Nordic living and show you that a Nordic life is the way to bring intentional calm and healthy habits into your own life, wherever you are in the world. Are you looking for ways to bring simplicity, coziness and calm into your life? Well, let me show you how. Visit the Living a Nordic Life website to explore how I can help you on your journey to simple, healthy and happy calm, the Nordic way. You can subscribe to the podcast right here. And if you want regular inspirational emails sent with love from Norway and straight to your inbox, don't forget to subscribe to the Living a Nordic Life newsletters. And so now let's dive into our episode. Hello and welcome to this episode. And at the time of recording this, we are in the middle of the summer here in Norway. And of course, we're seeing lots of people coming here to make the most of the summer months and have a bit of a holiday. And perhaps that's something that you're thinking about doing as well. Maybe this year or perhaps in the future, not necessarily in the summer. But travelling to any country can be a little bit daunting when you start to consider the culture differences that we can encounter. And there are actually more culture differences in Norway than the rest of Europe than you would expect, actually. When I first moved here, it was quite a surprise. I just assumed that everything would be very similar to the other countries I'd been familiar with, like France and Germany and Italy and Spain. But no, (laughs) there are some quite significant culture differences. And I want to tell you a little bit about those so that when you come here on holiday or if you come to visit family or friends, you won't be quite so surprised. There'll be things that you're expecting and you can behave a little bit more like a local. How fun is that? So the first one is that Norwegians don't say hi to each other in the street. And that can be a little bit disconcerting when you first visit Norway to find out that Norwegians don't really greet each other especially when they pass one another. If you say good morning to someone you don't know, they're likely to give you a really strange look. (laughs) I've had that. I kind of speed up a little bit as well, or maybe cross the road. They like to give each other, everyone around them, a bit more space. And there were times when I first went out in my own village here in Norway. In those first few months that I was living here, and I would say good morning to people, expecting it to be a bit like where I was from in the southwest of England, where people would stop and say hello and talk to you, complete strangers. And nobody replied. And it was quite worrying. I thought, have I done something? I mean, have I, am I dressing weirdly? Is it putting people off talking to me? But it's not. It's just the Norwegian way. They don't do it. But there is an exception here. If you are hiking or you're out in nature anywhere, everybody will say hello to everybody else. How funny is that? Tells you a little bit about the Norwegian psyche and nature, doesn't it? And all those wonderful benefits that it has. The second one is there's no word for please. This is not strictly true, actually, because there is a word, vasushnil, which means if you please. But it's not used very often. And despite the fact that Norwegians are very polite... There isn't any specific word for please. You simply ask for what you want and no one bats an eyelid. Saying tak, thank you, afterwards is always nice though. 
But if you do use that Norwegian word for please, people think that you're being very formal and it's hardly ever used. Don't expect to get anything done on a Sunday. Norway is a very secular country. It's although, you know, we do have the Norwegian church here and there are lots of different religions. It's very accepting of everything and inclusivity of all religions and creeds is really important. But regardless of that, um, this closing on a Sunday is still something that is held very tight to. Shops, banks and public buildings are all closed on a Sunday. There are the occasional shops that are open and things like restaurants stay open. But tourist areas, they have a slightly different rule, but on the whole, everything is closed. There's also a law that bans the use of machinery on a Sunday. So if you've got plans to mow your lawn or use a chainsaw or cut the hedge with a hedge trimmer, you can forget it. Just don't do it. Sundays are days to be out potur, out in nature and out for a hike. And you'll find that all the beauty spots and nature areas are busy. So if you're here on a Sunday, don't expect to go shopping. Make sure you do your shopping on a Saturday. And make sure you do it early on a Saturday as well, because the shops close slightly earlier. You're not going to find 24 hours shopping here. Expect to be doing something leisurely with your friends and family on a Sunday. There is no tolerance for drink driving. That's my next point. I mean, no tolerance. We're not talking a little bit. We are talking a legal driving limit of zero. Nothing. And that means no lunchtime tipple and driving home and carefully watching what you drink in the evening if you want to drive the next day. The police are usually out in the mornings doing spot checks, especially throughout holiday seasons, like in the summer after Midsummer, after St Hans, and certainly around Christmas. And they are incredibly polite and friendly, very polite. But I'm sure they're less understanding if you have alcohol in your breath at 8am on a Monday morning, because when they stop you, they do expect you to do a breath test. And you can't say no, you have to do it. So you need to be very careful what you drink the night before, because if you have, you know, quite a lot of wine, then the following day there's a good chance you could be over the limit and... The tolerance on that is zero. My next point is, if you get invited to a social event, you must be feeling very honoured or you should feel very honoured. And I hope that if you're visiting family and friends here in Norway, you do. Or maybe you make some friends here. And it could be hard to break into friendship groups and social groups in Norway. Really difficult, unless you have family here. They tend to follow a pattern of being made at organised events and clubs friendships and groups. So if you get invited to a party or dinner, you should feel really honoured. You are now part of the family and part of that friendship group. How lovely is that? And when you do go, you must bring a gift. Don't forget the host. It's customary in Norway to take a gift for the host or the hostess of the party. And it doesn't need to be anything huge. It can be a small box of chocolates or a little plant usually what my sisters-in-law bring or my mother-in-law. And everything is really gratefully received. I like to take, especially in the summer, I like to take little bunches of flowers from my garden. And we have a beautiful tree in our garden. I think it's called an orange blossom. And it has the most amazing smell. So when it's in bloom, I always want to pick that and take it to my host or hostess when we go for a party.
Now, moving away from summer into winter a bit, if you plan to come home, and of course, lots of people do because the weather is something else. I mean, it's harsh, but it is incredibly beautiful. But if you're planning on driving, you need to know that winter driving is hardcore. This is not a little bit of ice. This is not just a little bit of rain. And I really can't stress this one enough. I think this is a really important point, actually. And I see this a lot in travel groups and on social media with people asking, I'm coming from California, for example, and I'm coming to Norway in January and I want to drive. And they always get so many responses from the Norwegians who are genuinely worried about how they're going to cope. But winter driving, even in southern Norway, is not simply driving on a sprinkling of snow. It's thick ice, very cold weather and extreme driving conditions that need experience or training. All Norwegians who learn to drive take special ice driving lessons where they learn to address the swerve, how to brake on ice and learn the conditions that can be so dangerous. And if they're learning in the summer, they learn they learn on a special track that is slippery. So you get the same conditions as you would if you were driving on ice. So if you're considering driving in Norway in the winter, you either need to take lessons before you come or use public transport or drive very carefully and slowly. All of our tyres are particular winter tyres here. After November, we have to put them on. And they either have different treads and are a slightly different mix of rubber so that they're slightly softer and they hold the they hold onto the ground better or they have tiny little metal spikes on them the metal spikes ones are actually better for driving i think but they are not so good if you want to go into a town because the towns don't really like them they mess up the road a little bit but you need to bear this in mind if you are going to come here in the winter months because it is hardcore but if you do it you will feel a great sense of achievement I promise you and there are not accidents everywhere there are the occasional accidents and you might slip a little bit but if you take it slowly and carefully you cope eating out is expensive I'm not sure if this one is much of a secret I think this is probably quite widely known (laughs) but it is I mean everything in Norway is expensive everything in Scandinavia generally is you know a bit more than everywhere else in Europe I have to say Eating out can be eye-wateringly expensive, actually, even for a simple cake and a coffee. So expect to pay more than you would at home. Even if you want to go and have a waffle, you're probably talking at least 30 knock, which is about $3 at least. But some of the best dining is at the traditional crew or taverns that you find in more rural areas and in some tourist areas. This is where you'll find substantial Norwegian traditional dishes that have been passed down from generation to generation. And it's a welcome break from the usual pizza and burgers that so many other places seem to serve. <clears throat> if you go to you know, a lot of these kind of um, street food places or somewhere at a petrol station, for example, at a service station, we have a lot of those. And a lot of them serve really good food, actually. Don't be put off. But if you want a hot dog, you can probably grab a hot dog for 20 knock, which is a great snack. But it's nothing particularly special and it's not anything particularly Norwegian. There's lots of burgers and kebabs, I have to say. But a tavern is the place to go. So you need to look for somewhere a little bit more rustic. 
and then you'll find that the price is a little bit less eye-watering. <laughs> the next one is dress for the weather. And there's no such thing as bad weather, only the wrong clothes. That's a famous saying here and everybody loves it. Everybody uses it all the time and it's so true. While I'm recording this, we're here in the middle of July, can you believe, and we have about 14 degrees and torrential rain. So that gives you an idea of the kind of things you can expect. Is the summer is not always, you know, bright sun and no rain. And although it's fairly predictable and nothing extreme, the other seasons are another matter. In winter, you will need clothes for very cold weather. And autumn and spring can be unpredictable. Do check the weather report before you travel and be prepared for whatever those Norse gods are going to throw at you weather-wise, especially in the winter. It's always better to have more and it's always better to layer as well. Then you will feel warmer. And definitely, whatever time of year you're coming, bring something waterproof, even if it's just a light anorak, something that you can throw in a rucksack. But you'll probably need it at some point. I'd be surprised if you didn't. Norwegians love to be outside. I think you know this, don't you? Free lifts live or outdoor living is the beating heart of the Norwegian soul. In fact, I think it's the beating heart of the Nordic soul generally. Norwegians get outside in all weathers and in all seasons. It doesn't matter what the weather's like. It can be really heavy snow. It can be a blizzard and there will be people outside, I promise you. <clears throat> it can be torrential rain like I have today. And people will be outside, but they'll be wearing the right clothes. And Norwegian nature is truly spectacular. So this is hardly surprising. People want to be out in it. But they also understand the importance of being out in nature and how good it makes you feel, even when it's really bad weather. So you need to be ready when you come here to enjoy nature like you've never done before. A little rain or snow does not stop anybody here and it's not going to stop you when you come. Don't let it put you off. Don't stay in your hotel room or your Airbnb. You get out there like a Norwegian and people will think that's great, especially if you're a tourist and it's obvious you're a tourist. How cool is that to know that everybody's joining in your culture? So are you planning a trip to Norway in the future? Or maybe you're inspired to start looking. I hope so. And I hope these tips give you a little bit of an insight into normal, everyday life here in Norway. And many of these things are also relevant to the other Nordic countries. So don't think it's just Norway. You'll find some of these in Sweden and Denmark and Finland as well. So if you're coming to Norway this summer or autumn, you could behave a little bit more like a local, can't you? That's really cool. And I hope you have a great time here. If you want some more tips and secrets from the Nordics, you could join my Facebook group. It's called Living a Nordic Life Wherever You Are. I would be absolutely delighted to see you there. And I will see you in the next episode. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Living a Nordic Life newsletters so you can get an email when I release a new episode. It's a quick and easy way to keep up with all things Nordic living. Please visit livingandnordiclife.com You can listen to Living a Nordic Life on lots of podcast apps including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and plenty of others. If you've enjoyed the Living a Nordic Life podcast why not leave me a rating? So that's the end of Living a Nordic Life for today and I look forward to seeing you next time.